do. Every single Saturday on these airwaves. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. On Merced's News Talk Station at Citizen Watch on 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. That's you, Legrand. Los Manos. River Valley. And all of the little communities up and down. The 99. Here we are, the bonus half hour, uh, 9 o'clock. The, uh, what is today? January 28th. 20, uh, I think we have that song already. 2023. I want to tell you the, the year. Yeah, here we are, baby. The year is just flying along. First month is almost gone. And we're in the last Saturday of the month. Of course, uh, what's going on? What's going on? The, uh, well, Club Mercedes had their, their dinner there Wednesday night. Of course, Wednesday night was also not only my poker game, but a town hall meeting, which I wasn't able to go to because of my poker game. Uh, Tuesday, January 31st, 6 to, that's the next one, Tuesday, January 31st, is coming Tuesday, 6 to 8 p.m. at Crookshank Middle School, 601 Mercy Avenue, over there by Mercy Hospital. Just go down G Street, hang a right on Mercy. Otherwise, you'll end up at the college if you go left. And then you want to, that's if you're coming from Merced. If you're coming from Snelling, you would want to make a left. Thursday, February 9th, the following week, 6 to 8 p.m., Weaver Middle School, over at 3076 East Childs Avenue. Should be dried out by then. You can go a lot of ways from there. You can come from Parsons. You can come from, uh, I think you can also come from uh, Campus Parkway, if I'm not mistaken. So here we are in the bonus half hour. We're going to get back into the town hall that they had last Monday at the Mac, excuse me, last Wednesday at the Mac Multicultural Arts Center. And it is, uh, there was quite a few interesting comments by the public and responses by the council members. I think one of the big things that came out of the meeting that I played in the 8 o'clock hour was the, well, desire. I think I uh, didn't hear a lot of, uh, I didn't hear a lot of people saying no to raising Measure C from a half cent currently to a full point, a full cent. Uh, not per cent, but a full cent, which is uh, more than a percent as far as addition to the current sales tax at 8.25%. Raising it to 8.75, and as Mayor Serrato pointed out, hey, that's a deal compared to San Jose or someplace like that. Well, guess what? We're not in San Jose, and we'd like to keep our prices low. But again, it's not going to be up to me or the mayor or the council. It'll be up to the council whether to put it on the ballot. But let me tell you, they're not going to put it on the ballot unless they get what they want, unless they get the uh, the payoff out of this measure. It's not even going to go before the voters. So public safety again, has been perverted into uh, who knows what. But I agree that we need to start the discussion sooner than later to either, one, get a majority of the council members on board with public safety, or, hey, let's start exploring every social program under the sun. You know, let's do uh, subsidized rent. Let's do uh, guaranteed income. Oh, let's do it all. Let's do it all. Because, again, it's just the taxpayer's money. So, again, the council wanting to go on this progressive kick, and they need money to do it. Public safety is not really popular, even though we need to fund it. 
This council, at least the majority of them, seem to be more willing to have the Attorney General come and investigate our fine police department as opposed to trying to resolve any problems internally or through the existing mechanisms that we have. So Measure C is going to be a really interesting interesting uh, animal, whatever it's going to morph into and what it's going to fund. Of course, we have the, the uh, Measure Y uh, money, the weed money. Uh, that's coming in, and uh, that was supposed to fund a lot of things. Part of that was supposed to go to public safety. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, Mayor Pro Tem Perez has in mind for this additional uh, funding, this additional monies, this half cent, if she gets that through the majority of the council and onto the ballot, and if the voters approve for it. There was a city council meeting that was held on January 17th that we really didn't get a chance to cover too much. We were off last week dealing with some issues, and I didn't get a chance to really uh, go through it a whole lot. I went through the agenda ahead of time on what was going to be discussed. But one of the items uh, just kind of goes to show you the attitude of some of the city council members towards developers. Again, thinking that they're just coming in here and making a killing on the poor people of Merced, the people that have been here forever, uh, that can't afford homes, uh, even more uh, out of sight with what these developers are doing, even even though the developers are just responding to market conditions, trying to buy materials, uh, put it together to form a house and sell it for a profit, because that's the whole idea. And we're going to hear some comments from uh, the city council about a little development that's going over on uh, 385 South Coffee Street. It actually was a zone change. It was zoned uh, rural uh, with the... uh, understanding that someday it was going to come into an urban setting it's approximately 9.91 acres very very small Uh, site has again 45 single family homes i believe some are going to be two stories some are single story some are uh, against existing homes the developer made some concessions with some of the homeowners Uh, there was talk about uh, there you'll hear talk in this clip about affordable housing Uh, The existing residents weren't really crazy about this. Now, the council, uh, folks on the council have been uh, very vocal about affordable housing. Of course, that definition is somewhat nebulous, somewhat uh, broad, if you will. I guess it depends on how much you can afford to spend on a house. Or if you can only afford to rent, there may be no such thing as affordable uh, permanent housing. You may be renting all your, uh, your existence there if you never get enough money to be able to afford a home and that's where the devil's in the details education uh, type of job you have and what is the role of government to provide you a house shelter i said is one thing we have lots of shelter homeless shelters we have all kinds of shelters women's shelters children shelters but uh, when it comes to providing you a house that the government uh, some people feel the government owes you that uh, i don't i don't know if that's going to fly in a free market capitalistic society which we live in so when the developers come before the council uh, lately they've been uh, rolled over the coals about what are they going to do to ameliorate the affordable housing crisis that we find ourselves here in not only in merced merced county but the state of california if not uh, many parts of the nation so this particular developer comes up uh, you know hat in hand he's been through the process been working with city staff you know the rezone the engineers the drawings the neighbors blah 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 the planning commission you know what a gauntlet that is to run 
And now he ha- comes, uh, you know, hat in hand before the city council. And uh, Jesse Ornalis not wanting to, uh, you know, this guy doesn't have a lot of tact. And he uh, just comes right out, comes right out and asks the developer, hey, I know it's never been done before, but, uh, you know, if out of the good graces of your heart, you know, for your community, you know, are you going to, can you make some of these houses affordable as opposed to uh, what they call affordable by design, which is using less expensive materials, less expensive uh, uh, products in there to make these houses affordable, you know, and not, not necessarily a cheaper two by four, but maybe some of the finishes, you know, instead of the gold plated fixtures, you just have the regular chrome. And again, uh, you know, size, uh, square footage, that sort of thing. All of these things come into play. But Jesse, you know, that's not enough. And he thinks, uh, you know, these rich developers, which is shared by a few people on the council, as well as some of the frequent flyers that come up for the public comment, that these developers owe the city uh, this affordable housing and should do this just as a matter of, uh, of, of practice without any consideration to market forces, uh, the economy, what it costs to build a house, the fees, that sort of thing. I think the council could be uh, wise on trying to steam, uh, streamline uh, the process for the developers as opposed to putting in obstacles and really uh, just rude demands that they uh, you know come out of pocket, uh, again, out of the good graces of their heart. I think it shows a lot for them to go through the process this far and to ask any more of them is really, well, it's offensive. And Councilwoman Perez, excuse me, Mayor Pro Tem Perez, while normally would be on this bandwagon wholeheartedly, uh, and at this particular project said, look, I, I, I appreciate what Councilman Zhang and Councilman per, uh, Ornalis said, but we need housing and this project should be uh, forwarded, which it eventually was. It eventually passed. Councilman Zhang voted no because, again, he was not satisfied that the affordable housing element was not addressed, even though he acknowledged the developer had no responsibility uh, to do so. It was really up to the council to provide policy direction. But again, that's not good enough for some people. They just want to go ahead and, you know, force it down the developer's throats and they're going to vote no if they don't do it, even unwillingly. So it, uh, it's just it's just really, uh, really unfortunate. Let me go ahead and play that back and forth now. We'll pick it up on the other side. Councilmember Zhang, he, him, his. Um, so I understand that the zone change here does not does not trigger the affordability requirements, but Correct. are there any affordable affordability requirements that or measures that the developer is going to implement here at all, or is it just simply because it doesn't trigger it, so they're not going to proactively try to increase our affordable housing stock? Uh, I'll let the developer answer that question, but from conversations that I've had with the, with their team. Um, the concept they're going for is more affordability by design, um, smaller lots, um, reduces and smaller units, um, cuts down on the price of actually building. And so they plan on passing on some of those cuts out to the actual homeowners. And by that, what they're trying to do is is promote home ownership. Um, And they've also talked about sort of a sort of where their price range is at compared to some of the other builders in the community, compared to the Lennars, Cahovanians, as they have done other subdivisions, and they tend to be, you know, a lot less than some of those subdivisions, but I'll let them answer that question. Okay. Uh, I mean, just given that our current circumstances with housing and our, um, the fact that we're not building according to our arena, and we tend to build 
more for above modern housing and modern housing. Um, I just think it's a concern that that we continue to allow developers to build homes without putting an affordability requirement on their own, where they do not proactively try to increase our affordability stock. Uh, good evening, Council. Yeah. My name is Josue Herrera, and I believe you should oppose this rezoning request. Uh, low density uh, single family home residential zoning is an, an inefficient use of resources. It is a net revenue loss for the city. While there may be initial revenue gains through new property taxes as homeowners move in, over long term, the cost to maintain streets, infrastructure, piping, electrical wiring, and such will actually not be covered by the property taxes of those residents. Um, I urge you to consider that this uh, lot is a very strategic central location of current development. Consider zoning this to commercial uh, or mixed use zoning so that residents have easy central access to any resources that they may need. So I, I'm just gonna be very frank and just ask you, will you be willing to add some type of affordable housing component in, into your development? Besides the affordable by design? Because you know, there is, I, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one and, and council member uh, Zhang is not the only one that's concerned about the affordability, right? Um, and so, like, I'm just going to ask, are you willing to just voluntarily do it out of the good graces of your heart and for our community? I love this community. Yeah. You know, build homes here, part of it. Um, this is a very small project in comparison to other ones. You know what I mean? It's going to be tough to kind of, I mean, I don't even know how to. It's a hard question to ask, like, you know, answer. And, and I think in such a small infill project like this, it'd be kind of like something we could, you know, like I said, it wouldn't, you know, be something I don't think I would want to do on this project. Maybe on future projects, bigger, bigger projects. Hey, you I mean, can't you can't blame me for asking. I, like, no, no, absolutely. I don't, think ever, I don't think we've ever asked a developer just out. I, I, I'm here. You know, you got me. So. I'm, I'm here. I'm talking. And it, this is, that was a very straightforward question. And I appreciate that. Um, it is a concern always, but when you really look at, you know, larger projects, huge developments, you know, coming in 50, 60 acre developments, I think there's components to kind of isolate affordable housing on those kind of structure or those kind of projects. On something this small, it's a straight shot, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To intermingle affordable housing like that on such a small project is gonna be kind of like, it, it's gonna be tough, yeah. bottom line. So, I mean, it's, it's not something I don't think it would really work on this, no, especially with the neighbors and everybody else has already talked to me as well. Um, you know, that kind of came up and I met with like three out of the uh, five neighbors on Girard and they didn't take very likely to it. And that even came up during the, the other planning commission meeting. And right away, Mr. Hiddle too, he was like, you know, he was here in person and he was up in arms and, you know, it's just going to be a tough thing to do on this. Okay. Mayor Pro Tem Perez. Um, I just, I want to thank um, Councilman Jesse for asking that question and, and you for answering it. I just um, have something to say. I know that we all want affordable housing and we need it. It's not just that we want it, we really need it, but we also need to make sure that we build houses. So I um, really wanna get see this project um, start. Thank you. That's what I'm trying to do, guys. <laughs> Anybody else? Councilwoman Boyle. I'm just gonna echo what Mayor Pro Tem Perez said. 
um, as much as we have talked many times over the last two years with this, with most of this council of we need affordable housing, but in general, we just need housing. We have a shortage of housing. So the more uh, projects that we approve, the more houses that we can get online and relatively will decrease the prices of homes as well. Councilman Jong. Um, again, I'd like to reiterate that I, I can't support a housing development that does not proactively put affordability requirements onto the development because we've been fighting for the last year for affordable housing and the, the issue is not that there's a lack of housing, there's a lack of affordable housing. When we look at our Reno, we understand that we've been building to moderate and above moderate housing only. We haven't been focusing on very low and low um, income housing. And so when we talk and when we advocated for Resolution 2022-15, and that's the RENA unit production uh, resolution. That's one of the loopholes was that if it's under 60 units, it does not require an affordability requirement to it. And so I think we need to be cognizant and understand that we should not support development that does not proactively support our communities that are low-income um, families where they need these housing. And building more moderate and above moderate housing is not going to Anyone else? The councilman, are you saying would you prefer uh, the project not to be built at all uh, as opposed to being built like this? I prefer one, that the city passes an ordinance that would actually require an affordability requirement on all the housing development. But in this case, we don't have that. So I would prefer if the developer has, or voluntarily, as Councilmember Ornella says, put down their own affordability units into, or affordable units into the development. Um, but I, I can't support it because I think doing this, we're just going to exaggerate, excuse me, we're just going to increase the divide between the rich and the poor here. And we're not going to actually create affordable housing for people that actually need it. Okay, anybody else? Jess. Do you have any projections of what you're going to charge for the homes and property? You're going to go market rate, right? And then you said affordable by design. What, like, what does affordable look like? You know, I'm the your... developer and the builder. Um, I built homes, like, you know, on the other side on Arroyo, Dinky Creek area. I mean, I, I, look, I also am handcuffed to supply chain issues, everything else that occurred in the last how many months? And thank God everything's calming down. I mean, at the time, I mean, it depends. But I want to, like, you know, I always try to stay under other builders and try to stay affordable. And I try to, like, build a quality house. Um, and when you talk about there is a shortage of housing across California, I mean, it's just going to keep getting worse. And like I said, it's just such a s small, infill, straightforward project. It just makes sense, you know. Um, like I said, on bigger projects, you could absolutely, like, you know, if I was volunteer, I would voluntarily talk to you about it. If it was like 150, 160, 300 homes, yes, you could add a component, figure things out. I'd, I'd work that out with somebody. You know what I mean? I mean, that's something, it makes yeah, sense. This is just, yeah, did you, to question, do you have a rough, if, if not, it's okay. Look, I mean, I, rough I, approximate I, price hopefully you come down to like, you know, I'm, I'm not like trying to evade the question. I'm trying to think here like I don't know what the future holds <laughs> I mean I'm gonna I work quick I mean I want to like you know get this thing off the ground and running 
home was built. You know, I want to be in that 300 range somewhere. I don't know, you know, um, depending on the size of the house. I, I know that it is a small lot. It's not necessarily a very huge no. piece of land. I pass by there almost every day. Yeah. So I'm, I'm familiar with, with, with what's needed right there. So, yeah, absolutely. When Francesco was talking about that, you know, passing on that savings, absolutely. You know, we're going to try to make this, like, you know, as, like I said, affordable by design and work with uh, home buyers. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Hi, my name is Peng Chao, pronouns they, them. And I urge you to vote no on this um, proposal because according to the RENA um, reports, you know, we only, we only produce a 6% and 4% for low income and a very low income um, families for housing for them. And yet we actually created a surplus of um, building homes for above moderate and moderate income families. And so um, right now we've built actually 104% for moderate incomes and 106% for uh, people who are above moderate incomes. And uh, why are we building homes for um, uh, above moderate income folks at market rate when we have a surplus and yet we have built very little for the low income families? It doesn't make any sense that, oh, we were in a sort, you're claiming that we are in a shortage, a shortage of homes in Merced, yet. Yeah, uh, we are a shortage of low-income housing, not not above moderate income housing. So the real shortage is low-income housing. So why are we building more moderate income housing when we have a surplus? Thank you. Okay, thank you. There for one more. Can I get Gloria Sandoval, please? Gloria Sandoval. Gloria Sandoval. Um, I do have a comment, and I, I, I commend uh, council members that are considering this issue of affordability for our residents. I have no doubt in my mind that the 45 homes, if built, when built, they will be very attractive for people outside of our city because that's who will be able to afford it. I know that the problem is we cannot shut people off that would buy property that's available. But how do we meet the needs of our community? That's what you are charged with as elected officials. So how do we do it? I mean, I know the developer builder will have to make some kind of uh, profit off of this, but at the same time, we want to have affordable homes for our residents. Particularly, you know, some of our farm workers who don't ever have opportunities unless it's a self-help project where sweat equity is used. So please think it through. Uh, there may be other opportunities, a bigger, you know, uh, uh, or a bigger size uh, development. But I think we got to start as soon as possible. Thank you. So anyway, interesting back and forth there between the public, the developer. You could hear here, hey, you know, you guys got me over a barrel. I'll, I'll do what I can. But I think this is uh, sending a wrong message to our development community, not only here in Merced, but those folks that would come from out of town wanting to develop. We're going to have a lot of annexations coming up, a lot of big projects. There will be an affordable housing component. It is already in policy for some of these bigger developments. But I think to hold up some of these smaller infill development if you will uh even phased development is just wrong of the council to do 
It's offensive. It's rude. It's arrogant. It's crass. It uh, it's it's thuggish behavior. But again, from Councilman Ornalis, I expect nothing less. Well, we're at the end of the bonus half hour. It goes quick, my friends. It goes real quick. So happy to have you here with me on this Saturday morning. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk Station 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS Citizen Watch. Hey, we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Love one another. <laughs>